God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. God bless all of you who braved the, the crazy weather that we had here this morning. There are a lot of folks out visiting families for the holidays, and I know um, I just continue to pray for their safety. And people who, who uh, furnaces perhaps aren't working or the gas is running out, we got to lift those folks up in prayer. Amen? Let's just remember them. Today, I'm, I, you know, it's an interesting um, message that the Lord has given me, and I've been feeling this for a while, but it's, it's sometimes hard to articulate what you feel in the Spirit. It's kind of like, um, you know, trying to explain uh, a scent that you smelled that you thought was so wonderful, and the words, the adjectives aren't there to describe it. You know, it's kind of like a rose, but a little bit like a daisy, but it's, it's really nice. It smells good. You're like, those, don't, those aren't even similar. What I think I feel happening in the Spirit is that we're turning a corner, that there's something happening for the body of Christ. Individually, you may have, you can articulate it, no problem. God's changing you. He's doing a work in your life. He's, he's drawing you closer. He's put a hunger for the Word. Sometimes when you just start reading the Word, you don't feel like it. I remember. I just don't want to. I'd rather watch Netflix. But... Netflix is going to give you life like this will. Right? The game. I, sometimes I want to see the game more than I want to. Right? But the Holy Spirit puts a hunger for His Word. And when you start to read it, you're like, oh, that's where I'm at. That's what I should be doing. That's what's going on in my life. See, you'll never go away shorthanded or left wanting when you actually read with intent. Did you hear what I said? Read with intent, not just read to get it done. Okay, Jesus wept. Got my verse of the day in. Whew. Check. Right? I've been there. But when you read with intent, Lord, this is what I'm going through. I need an answer. Please speak to me through your scriptures today as I read. And you read until something stirs. This I'm giving you a freebie right here. You read not to get done, but you read until something stirs. You're like, something's right there. You go back and reread it. And you reread again, like, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now in that passage? You stop. There's no need to go any further. If he stirred your heart on this one section, you stop. You start hovering over that section. That's the rhema for today. The rest is logos, a general word of God. It's there. It's good for you. It's good stuff to have to bring in. However, when something stirs in your mind or your heart in that passage of Scripture, stop and hover over that. Reread it meditate on it and ask the Lord what's going on. So what's going on right now that I feel in this new season is that uh, we've got to make ourselves ready for whatever it is that the Lord has around the corner. I, I think of it like this. When you have athletes that go to training camp, season's not here yet, but they're getting ready for the season. I know, I know for myself and my kids, whenever we entered into a season of training, the diet changed, which you, which you allow in. Because what comes in must come out. You put dirty fuel in the tank, you're going to have a sputtering engine. 
But if you put the good stuff in, the good premium, you're going to have good results. You know, they prepare their, their body. They're reviewing plays. They're preparing their mind. They're reviewing tape of, of uh, the players or the plays that they're going to do or whatever it is. They're getting ready. They stretch. They get prepared. Uh, I know vocalists do the same. They've got to get their voices warmed up. I'm not a singer, but I was in choir because it was fun. You've got to get yourself ready in the spiritual realm to be able to hold on to what he wants to give you. He can't pour new wine in old wineskins. I'm going to preach that another time, but we've got to be the vessel that can contain what he wants. Some of you are praying for that, but you're not making the changes. You're not making yourself ready. Therefore, he can't give it to you because you can't hold on to it. Some of you are praying for a whole bunch of money to come into your household, but you're in debt already with the little you got. You haven't got a good budget. You don't have good spending habits. He can't give you more. It will destroy you. See, that thing that you're praying for, you've got to get ready for it. You've got to prove yourself to be faithful, right? You, you don't, that's why there's age limits of when kids can get their driver's license. You don't want to put them behind the, the, uh, a car that's powerful when they're not ready. They've got to go through training. Nowadays, they've got a lot more training than we had when I was younger. They've got segment one, segment two, drive at night, drive in the day. The parents got to sign off on it. All these different things that they've got to do to show themselves to be ready. We, too, have got to do some things to show ourselves ready. I know that some of you are going through a pit-type season kind of stinks. You're not happy with it. That's why this is called from the pit to the palace. Make yourself ready. See, your, your times that you feel like you're in the pit and it's just not feeling right and it's not going well, it doesn't seem to be going smoothly, you don't feel like you have a place, you don't feel like things are, are your friends aren't there, things aren't the way they used to be, one thing I want to let you know that you can't live on yesterday's blessing. When God gave the manna, it was fresh every day. Manna was the, the food that he gave the Israelites while they were wandering in the desert. It was fresh every day. They couldn't save more from, the, from yesterday because it would go rotten. It's old. We want fresh. We want fresh. Somebody say fresh. A fresh anointing. A fresh blessing. A fresh testimony. I don't want to testify of the blessings I remember mom and grandma having. I want my own testimony. I'm going to praise God for those, yes, but I want something new and fresh for today. We talked last week about being thankful in every situation, not necessarily for every situation. And this, is, I think, is a continuation of that. I'm often reminded of the journey that we go through. When you go through journeys in your life, uh, there's different seasons. Sometimes it's going great, summer and spring season, and then fall and winter comes. It's not as easy. It's not as comfortable. So sometimes a little more challenging. I was shoveling snow this morning. I didn't want to do that. I wasn't ready to do that. I didn't have my boots and gloves on, but I did anyway. Why? Because it needed to be done. That's the season we're in. Amen? You may be in a season that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I want to encourage you this morning that if you endure through this season, there's going to be some lessons learned it's going to prepare you for what's coming ahead. This is what I want to share with you. I want to remind you of two stories in the Bible that are very fun stories to read. They're interesting. The story of Joseph. 
That's found in Genesis uh, 39. You know, I think it might even be a little sooner than that, but we read the story of uh, uh, Joseph. Uh, yeah, Joseph in Genesis 39. And there's a few more chapters. The story of David in 2 Samuel. And the story of Joseph goes like this. If you don't know it, I'm going to try to sum it up real quick. I don't know how quick, but we'll see. You often heard of Joseph had the coat of many colors. Joseph was his father's favorite. And I, I always struggled with parents who had favorites. And, and they're open about it. I don't know. You might lean towards one because they're a little more like you. Or, be, or maybe you lean away from them because they're too much like you. I don't know. I never really understood that concept. I loved them all individually in, the, in a different way because they're different individuals. But Joseph, uh, Jacob had a favorite named Joseph. And he gave him a coat was made of many different colors. And the reason why he was a favorite, because he had him when he was an old man. I imagine it was kind of like a braggadocious thing. Yeah, I can still do it. 90 years old, that's, that's my boy. He had 12 sons, 12 boys, and Joseph was the youngest. And he was a favorite. So part of this, I'm going to talk about favor. When you walk in favor, what to do and what not to do. Joseph was the favorite, but he was also a loud mouth tatty tail. When you're walking in favor, don't be bragging. Don't be flaunting. Some of you know that you, you're blessed. You know that you walk in favor. You, you got things that other people don't have, talents, skills, abilities, funds, finances, whatever it is. You're blessed, and you know you're blessed. <sighs> Relax. Because some of the things that Joseph did was he would tell on his brothers, they're not feeding the sheep very well, Dad. They're, they're over here in this pasture, and it's not going very well. Or they're not watching them, and last night a couple wolves got the sheep because they were out partying. Relax, easy. What happened is now he ostracized himself from his brothers. His brothers no longer wanted him around because of that way. Now the dad said, oh, well, good. Now that you're telling me, go check on them some more. Now you're put in an awkward position, right? Hey, go tell me, how's he doing? T text me, how's he doing? He's, is he doing okay? How are the boys doing? How's it going over there? Now you're being, who wants to be put in that position? Where the authority is asking you to rat out other people. Careful. That happened with Joseph. His dad started doing that to him. So here Joseph is. He's the favorite. He's going and checking up on his 11 brothers. But here's what's interesting. Joseph was blessed. He was a favorite of his dad because he was the youngest. But here's the interesting thing. The Lord gave him dreams. Dreams that someday his brothers and his mom and dad would bow down to him. Now that's an awkward dream. But he didn't care. He went and told them, hey, I had a dream. You're going to bow in front of me. Huh. Like, wait, wait, what do you mean? I'm going to give you a noogie right now. I'm gonna... Not once, but twice. He went and shared this dream. Sometimes the Lord might give you a dream that you got to hold close. You got to pray about it. If he tells you to tell someone, then you tell them. Because they may not be in a position to receive what you're sharing. Do you get what I'm saying? It created jealousy, it created uh, confusion, and hatred. So here's the story. I'm going to sum up. We're going to bring this in. Joseph was a favorite. His brothers didn't like it. 
And this is what began to happen. They were going to kill him. But one of his brothers from the same mom said, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in his pit. And in the back of his mind, he's like, I'll come at night. I'll rescue him. I'll get him out of here. They threw him in a well that had no water. It was a pretty deep well. That stinks. Who's a younger brother or a younger sibling in here? Yeah. I'm going to throw you down the well because you're daddy's favorite. Macy, you're the youngest. I'm going to throw you down the well because you're, no. No one wants to be thrown down the well. No one wants to be forgotten about. Treat it badly. Just because you do have talent. Because you are someone's favorite. Here's the thing. Here's the secret. You all have some sort of talent, skill, and ability, whether you think you have it or not. This I know for sure. You all have it. You may not feel like you're special. You may not feel like there's anything valuable about you. You may feel, and that's the lie of the devil, getting in your ear. If God allowed you to live on this planet here and now, there is something for you, a talent, skill, ability, a calling that he has prepared you for, and you've got to grab a hold of it like a runner does the football. You can't just stand there with it. You've got to go towards the end zone because if you just stand there with it, they're going to tackle you. That's Satan's job is to tackle you and keep you out of the end zone, but you've got to run with that ball the best you can. And your brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be trying to block for you. Sometimes you're going to go down and you get up and you try it again. But here's the thing. God has something for you, individually and for us as a church in this community. Amen? So here's one of the interesting things. Point number one, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know sometimes that you have favor and blessing. You don't know that, and sometimes you might have pride and ego. You might have uh, a naivete where you just start running in your mouth thinking everyone's as blessed as you are and they're not. And, and here's the encouragement. Uh, take it easy. Move slow. Take your time. Listen and observe. Learn something. What's, what I find interesting sometimes when I get in a meeting with uh, business professionals or others, when the, the, the most junior of the group tries to say something to the veterans. For example, if you've never played football before, and this is your first season, and you're a freshman trying to tell a bunch of varsity players how they should block, how they should run the ball. Or whatever job that you're in, if you've never done finances before, and you're talking to a, a, a master of taxation, a CPA firm owner, and here you are, you just graduated college, and you're telling them how to do their job. Or maybe you're a plumber. Someone just learned how to solder one pipe, and you've been doing houses for all your life, and that person comes in and tries to tell you how to do it. That's interesting, right? You might have the skill, but just relax, little fella. How are you going to tell the veteran what to do? That's foolish. It's foolishness. It's pride. It's ego. Relax, watch, and learn, right? It took me a while because... I was that kid that I got excited, I learned something, I just want to share with everyone, and I, my intent wasn't to try to teach you, I just want you to know what I knew. But when you start talking, you show your true ignorance. When you start trying to tell a veteran how to do their job, they know exactly how much you know and how much you don't know. Are you guys with me? It's quiet. 
It's quiet. Likewise, when you're walking in favor, when you're walking in this blissful ignorance, listen. My encouragement to Pastor Carl, he's a, he's a young pastor. He hasn't pastored a church yet. And he's pretty good at this. He does have favor. I see the favor in his life. My encouragement to him is, listen, observe. When you're around senior pastors, keep it zipped up. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Therefore, if you start talking, you might put your foot in your mouth. You're among veterans. You haven't gone there yet. You haven't had some of the things that our senior pastors, the ones who have laid the groundwork for the rest of us, right? There's some pastors out there who built the churches and preached in them. There's the pastors who built the parsonage and preached in them. And you're like, well, you know, I could pastor church if you give me this much salary and some dental benefits. And they're like, they pastored when there was no such thing as benefits. So when you get in a room like that, just listen. Maybe once in a while, ask a key question. Pay attention, but don't run your mouth too much because you don't know what you don't know. You haven't been there yet. And after I started pastoring, and the, some of the senior pastors would come around, and they're like, how's it going, Brother Martinez? I'm like, now I know the stories you told. Now I know what you meant. I heard the stories, but I didn't know because I hadn't lived it. And then you start living it, now you're like, Brother Bob, I know now that story you told. And they're like, and they, they're gracious. We'll be praying for you. You can do it. You can do it. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. There's going to be hurts in this world. In this world, you will, be, you will have troubles. But scripture says, but be of good cheer. Christ has overcome the world. We have a hope in the Father. I'm not thankful for some of the difficult situations, but I'm thankful in them because I have Christ to turn to. I'm thankful in them because I have brothers and sisters in, in the Church of God family that I can call and say, hey, can you pray for me? Is there any one of you that would refuse me if I said, would you please pray for me? It's a tough week. No. So why don't we pray for each other a little more often? We all have a need. Find a trusted brother and sister that you can call and be like, hey, Chris, it's a tough week. God puts me on your mind to stop and say a prayer for me. That's how we help each other get through these challenges, these situations. Joseph didn't know what he didn't know, and he was just blabbing his mouth. So I might, might, if, if he was the one, I would caution him, hey, just relax. Be careful. Young in a position, talking to his brothers. That's interesting. Number two with Joseph is, I know... What I don't know. This is interesting. When you come into a, a season or situation, like you can tell your boss or your coach, I know I don't know how to run that play. See, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Does that make sense? You don't even know. And then there's other times you do know. I know I don't know how to do calculus. I know you don't want me doing your taxes. But I also know the areas I am competent in. So why am I going to go to an area that I have no training in, no experience in, or no learning in, and try to speak confidently in that area? I know what I don't know. 
when dramatic change comes to your life. I'm reminded of this. When Joseph was sold, he was thrown in a pit. They took him out. They said, okay, guys, let's not hurt our brother. He, you know, he is our brother. There was some, uh, some traders coming by. They sold his, their brother into slavery. They took Joseph and sold him, and those slave traders ended up selling him to an, an Egyptian guy who was a high-ranking official in Pharaoh. Pharaohs were like the kings of Egypt. And one of his high-ranking people, that would be like a, a president's cabinet member or something of that nature, bought him. Potiphar is his name. So Joseph worked for him. And here's the thing. The favor followed Joseph. The blessing followed him. Even though he was a slave, even though he was traded by his brothers, rejected, the favor followed him. The favor you have in your life, the blessings, skills, and talents and abilities you have in your life goes without repentance. And it says in Romans that our calling and it says that our, our gifting is without repentance. That means it's irrevocable. Some of you are good with numbers. That's never going to change. You're good with numbers. Some of you are good with your hands or you're artistic. That's always going to be. That doesn't change. Here's the interesting thing. Your call, your gift, your skill, your ability will open doors for you. I was that kid. I always wanted what I couldn't have. I was a natural at soccer, but I wanted to be a basketball player. I could be the best free throw shooter on the team but if I'm under six foot I'm gonna have some trouble it doesn't matter how good I could be if I'm not as tall if the average height on the team is six one and I'm five ten I'm not gonna have that much playing time go with what God gave you quit trying to be something you're not some of you want something way out there, but you're a natural in this other area. Just develop that natural skill and ability. I promise you, as you develop that talent, skill, and ability that God has given you and blessed you with, he will open up doors and opportunities as you develop it. And then you just walk in. You're like, I don't know about that, but I do know about this. Amen? So here, Joseph had a blessing of management, of people and things. So here he is, he's working for this guy Potiphar, and everything he touched, everything he did was blessed. Potiphar made, put him in charge of everything. But here's the interesting thing. Potiphar's wife, she was scandalous. It says in Scripture, if you read this story, and I encourage you to do it, I can't read the whole thing for you now. In Genesis uh, 29, and you read through it, it, it has a story there in uh, 40 of someone else, but you've got to go somewhere else, you've got to continue reading it says he was handsome and well-built. Joseph was handsome and well-built. When Potiphar went away on business, his wife's like, hey, come over here. She was flirting with him. He said, no, I can't sin against my boss. He put me in charge of everything. Everything in this household is under my control. I have a power of attorney. I can run off his business. But you are off limits because you're married to him. But she persisted. Look out, boys. Run. She was persistent, and Joseph ran. It just so happened when he took off running, he left his coat, and she used that as evidence and said, look at he came to take advantage of me. She lied on him. Here's another point. 
He was blessed. He was walking in favor. What he touched was looking good. Kind of like the Midas touch. What he touched turned to gold. He was doing good in that place. And sometimes when you're at the top of your game, you're doing good. There's going to be haters out there and they're going to lie on you. They're going to try to trip you up because they're jealous or they want something you have. They want your blessing. They want your favor because they're not developing their own. And they're going to lie on you. Here's what's interesting. If, when I read this story, it says that Potiphar sent him to jail on a mere accusation. This guy was so powerful. If I, I believe if he really believed that Joseph did something wrong, he would have killed him. But he sent him to jail. Not just, not like, uh, you know, solitary confinement, not, you know, C block, not, not Jackson, not that. No, he went to like the Martha Stewart jail. This is, this, I'm for real. If you, as you read the story, it said that he was in there with the, the king's baker and the, and, and the butler. He wasn't in there with, the, with the, the murderers and rapists and the pedophiles. He was in there with the baker and the butler who made the king mad. That tells me that Potiphar didn't believe his wife, but he had to do something, right? Or else he would have just killed him if he believed that he was trying to make advances on him. When you're walking in favor, when you're blessed, sometimes people are going to lie on you. And it's going to affect you even though it wasn't true. Your call, your talent, your skill, ability, your favor, that never leaves. Watch. When he was in jail, the, the warden of the jail put him in charge of everyone because he was such a great administrator. You're in charge of all the prisoners. Make sure they have their, their, their yard time. Make sure they get their food on time. Make sure that their health is doing good. You're in charge of everything. And while he was in there, he made connections. His favor came through again. He interpreted dreams of the cupbearer, the, the butler, and the baker. He says, hey, you're going to get back. You're going back to the palace. You're going to do great. Hey, you not so much. You're going to die. His talent, skill, and ability came back through. Now this proves that you know what you don't know, but then there's that, that time where you do know. I know what I can do, and I'm going to use it and grow. When the butler had a dream, he says, hey, I know how to interpret dreams. God interprets them, and I pray to God, and he talks to me. Let me help you. If someone says, hey, I need someone to work, let's say, uh, we need someone to paint, do some painting, some artistic stuff. I need the person who's confident in their area to say, God's blessed me in that area. I'm working on it, but I can help. Or, hey, I need an electrician. Hey, God blessed me in that area. I'm confident in that area. I can do it. When you do know what you have, start to walk in it. Start to walk in it. You know there's something that you have. Don't shy away from it. And churches are great places to help people develop those gifts, those skills, and those abilities. Amen? I know, I grow, and it starts to show. Success doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. Wisdom and discernment that brings success is developed over seasons of preparation. I, I was laughing. I laughed at myself. So I go to the gym once in a while, and I've been working and um, trying to develop my muscles. 
And uh, then Chris walks by, and I'm like, why am I even going to the gym? Chris is a big guy. And I'm like, <laughs> I said something stupid to him. I, what I said that you shouldn't do, I was like, hey, maybe you can help me with my biceps. I've been working a whole month on them, and I don't see nothing. And he's been working out for like 20-some years. I got home, and I listened to my conversation in my head. Oh, yeah? Past feels a whole month? It dawned on me how silly that was. You got a whole month then, huh? Someone might come to me, hey, I've been doing my devotions for a month. I'm ready to preach. I'm glad you got that month in. However, I don't believe because you have a month of devotions that you're ready to preach. You get what I'm saying? You, 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 you're, you're on the right track. Keep going. Wisdom and discernment brings success in development in seasons. We, we just had, we just set forth uh, Sister Angela Powell. She's been serving faithfully, but more than serving faithfully, quietly in the background, she knows the area that she's good at. I'm good at financial peace. Can I teach that, Pastor? Oh, do we do that here? Yeah. Okay. You have my blessing. Go do that. She didn't ask to remodel the basement. She asked to teach what she knows. And I gave her opportunity because she came and talked to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known to ask her, what are you good at? Tell me what. You got to be good at something. What are you good at? Tell me what you're good at, and I'm, I'm going to set you for that. That's not really how it works, right? You got to display or show or tell. When we have tryouts in, in sports, they, uh, can you catch? Can you throw? You're, you're showing what you can do, and the coach observes, like, okay, I'm going to put you here. I'm going to put you here. But if you got a secret talent and no one knows, Listen, I'm not getting a letter from heaven telling me about your secret talent that I should develop. Now, once in a while, he'll drop a little nugget. Hey, something, you, you holding back on me. What's going on? You got, you got something. She's getting scared. Not, I'm just, it's just an example. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's ministry opportunities. Step in and develop. Amen? All right. That time will come. Joseph didn't try to be the, 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 the best at everything. So here we go. I simply go because I know. Now when you're confident in that, now you step forward. You go to the next chapter. You go to the next stage. You ask for the next opportunity. When you know you can handle a situation or you have the learning, you ask for that responsibility. Breakthrough comes when opportunity meets preparedness. Rise to the occasion, play your part, be who God called you to be. Opportunity meets preparedness. I've had, over my years of preaching, I've had people say, hey, I want to preach, I want to preach. And I ask them, you know, okay, give me your notes, show me your notes, what, are you, what do you want to preach on? Oh, I don't have anything yet, I just want to. That's interesting. It's kind of like a kid saying, put me in, coach, I want to play, but they don't know the place. Or someone saying, hey, I can fix that. I was like, oh, you're, you're a carpenter? Nope. I'm not saying you can't, but we need it done right. There's something like building codes we got to do, you know. But when you know and you're confident and, you start, and it starts to show, simply start to step into that. I know because 
Um, some people have studied and showed themselves approved. I know I can call on them. If something emergency happened, I can say, hey, Sister Jamie, can you preach a message? She's going to say, I don't want to, but she can. Her gifting is administration. Or I can call Pastor Carl and I'm like, hey, can you take up offering tomorrow? There was a time where he told me no once. That's was a false humility. I know he could do it. He just wanted to pray and fast for three weeks before he decided what he wanted. To. So it was overkill on the other side. But the fact of the matter is, when you, the scripture tells us to be ready in season and out of season, right? Although I may, I'm not playing any sports, I'm still exercising because I never know when I need to use the muscles, right? You got to keep them toned. You got to keep them somewhat basic, right? And when it came to trying to drag the deer, I, I could have. I was ready to. And then someone had a tractor, so I was blessed with that. Thank God. <laughs> favor. So here's what happened. Joseph was shown favor by his dad. His brothers didn't like it because he ran his mouth too much. He was sold to Potiphar. He, he, favor followed him. He's running, he's doing good, he's living a blessed life. Someone lied on him. He's in prison. He's doing good. He helps a couple guys out. He says, remember me when you go to the palace, to the butler. The butler forgot about him. Sometimes you're going to get overlooked. Sometimes you're going to get forgotten. Someone's going to not call your name. And you're ready. You're willing and you're able. Don't fret. Don't fear. In time. Because God hasn't forgotten. Man might forget, but God's will, I believe, will ultimately be done if that's what you're praying for. I don't want my will because I've, I've, I've decided a lot of things that I thought I wanted and I've messed it up. Now I've changed my prayer a little bit. I was like, Lord, your good and perfect will to be done in my life. Because, you know, it, when, when I decide, I don't know everything like he knows. So I pray for his will. Because he has the best intention for me. So Joseph was with his brothers. They, they got jealous. He was with Potiphar. He was doing well. He got lied on. He was in the prison. He got forgotten about. But time came. And guess, guess what? All these seasons that Joseph was in, he was still in God's will. He was still developing his leadership skills. He was still developing his administration skills. And when the time came, when opportunity met preparedness, because he wasn't just sitting in the prison twiddling his thumbs. He was running the prison for the warden. When he was at the uh, Potiphar's house, he wasn't just sitting there mopping the floor because that was his job. He mopped it so good that they gave him other things to do. And next thing you know, he's running the household. He's running the business. Wherever it is that you're serving, serve with the best of your might, your best of your ability. Do your best. Not because your boss is watching, because God's watching. Whatever your hand finds to do, Scripture says, do with all your might. Do it as unto the Lord. Like the Lord is watching you mop. And you're like, ooh, Lord, I'm going to scrub it. You like this, Lord? I'm going to scrub it. I know it sounds crazy, right? But when you do that so well, you work yourself out of a job. They're like, you know what? Why don't you come over here and do this? Clean this area as good as that. That's not as important, but you did that so well, I want you to do this area. And now I want you to train them how to do that. When you do things with excellence, 
it shows and it creates opportunities in whatever skill, whatever area you're in. So here Joseph goes to the king, Pharaoh, and interprets his dream. And God uses Joseph through all those years. He developed his character, his skills and abilities throughout all these challenges. And now when the time and opportunity comes, Joseph steps in. Why? He's prepared. He knows what he, he's got to do. He's got the skills to do it. And he interprets the dreams. And as a result, not only did he save his family, he saved all of Egypt. Because as the story goes, there was a famine coming into the land. But before the famine, there was going to be seven years of bountiful crops and seven years of famine. And he came up with a strategy to save the plenty for the bad years. And his brothers and his dad came to buy food from him. They thought he was dead. And guess what they did? They bowed in front of him. Like his dream said. Some of you have dreams that it hasn't come to pass yet. Don't give up. Joseph's dreams didn't happen in that season. Many years later, after he had already been through Potiphar's house, he was already in jail. Then he had the seven years of plenty, working for Pharaoh, handling all this stuff. And it was some time later in the, in the famine time that the, the family came. Many years later, God given you, has given you a dream, a goal, a desire, and you've put it on the back burner. I want to encourage you this morning, go after that thing. Don't give up on it. It might take some time. You might have to push through some doubts, some worries, some, some areas where you feel like it's never going to happen. God is saying, I gave it to you. I'm not a liar. I'm not a man. I can't lie. It's going to happen. I'm here for you. I've given you the talents. I've given you skills. I've given you the abilities, the know-how. And here I am. You're still alive. You're still healthy. You're still strong. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep fighting for that thing that I've given you. David was the youngest of eight brothers. He was overlooked but anointed as king. At 17, he didn't become king till he was 30. He was chased. Saul tried to murder him, tried to kill him. He was living in caves, but he was anointed as king. Sometimes we want our, our thing too soon. It's yours. The call is yours, but you're not ready just yet. David had to wait till Saul was gone. The position was vacated, and then he could step into it. Some of you want something too soon. I've been there. I've done that. And the, here's the thing. You don't want it too soon because if you get it too soon, you may not be able to hold on to it. Brief story. I helped a family buy a house. Uh, and this is, oh, boy, we're going back uh, before 2008, 2006, 2007, around that mark. And they, I knew they couldn't really do it. It was a referral to me from a lender. So let me explain this. They had a good job, but the loan that they were getting was going to let them borrow 100% of the cost of the house, meaning they had no down payment, they had no savings, no nothing, and they qualified for 100% of the house. And it sounds great, except they didn't have the financial know-how. They didn't know how to save money. 
They didn't know how to do a budget. They had no skin in the game. They put no down payment, and they bought this house with 100% financing. And it had adjustable rate mortgage. I'll explain that in just a second. When the rates go up, so did their payment. Here's people that have never bought anything that big in their life. They don't have any skin in the game. The payment went up. They couldn't go up with the payment. They ended up foreclosing. And I knew in the back of my mind they weren't going to be ready for that. It was too soon. But they were insistent. All right. I helped them buy the house. Just a few months later, six months down the road, 2008 happened. Rates started going up. Mortgages were crashing. Things were happening. And I saw that house. There was a foreclosed sign on that house. I felt so bad. I was grieved. It's not that they couldn't buy a house at some point in time, but they got something too soon that they weren't able to hang on to. Now, what if they had some money in the bank? What if they had some savings? What if they had some financial discipline and the rate goes up? They could match the payment or they could buy down a loan or they could do whatever they had to do to maintain their house they got blessed with something too soon and they weren't able to keep it in due season in due time so here's the challenge i'm gonna sum it up with this in our journey the lord knows the lord directs this is found in psalms 37 the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, God's admitting we're going to stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by hand. Once I was young, and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Saying we, we, we might stumble. We might have some hard times, but God is holding our hands. He's going to see us through. And what I want us to do is to develop ourselves. Plug in to the church. And you know what that looks like? Every night, who charges their cell phone every night? Who charges it ever? That was meant for all hands to go up. No one, you don't ever charge your cell phone? Come on, guys, you lying to me? You're making it hard. So here's a plug right here. I have to go to the power source and plug in. The power source doesn't come to me and say, hey, you need to get charged. You can't expect the church to come to you and say, you need to plug in. Although there are times we do. You get what I'm saying? So some of you are out there, you're like, I just wish... I had an opportunity. I just wish they'd let me do something. Have you ever seen an outlet chasing the plug? Like, hey, let me get your phone. <laughs> no. But yet, in the church world and in, in, in the world, we're like, I wish coach would put me in. Have you showed him what you can do yet? No, but man, I'm ready. You, wanting the desire... We want a blessing, right? If God filled this place up, we've got to be ready. We've got to choose to go to the source and plug in. You've got to go to God. He's your source. You've got to plug in. Come to church. If there's an opportunity, plug in. 
It may not be the place where you're not going to be trapped there forever. Joseph had multiple seasons from the fields to, to the corporation, to the jail, back to the White House, whatever it was. He had opportunities he developed through those stages. When I started ministry in church, I was cleaning toilets. Then I was a greeter at the door. Then I was an usher. Then I was teaching the kids Bible study and learning while I'm teaching them. Doesn't mean you got to know it all. Do you get that? I was learning as I was teaching them. I was like, what? It says that in there? Hand them the color sheets. I guess this is, yeah, this is good. I'm studying with the kids. That's okay. Learn as you go, but plug in. Some of you are sitting on the sidelines and on the benches because you don't think you have anything to offer, yet that's a lie from the devil. You do. You do have something to offer. You're valuable. You're a part of this team. We want to help you plug in. You just got to let me know when you're ready to plug in. And you're never going to get it 100% right. It's not going to happen. Joseph didn't have it 100% right. David didn't have it 100% right. But they developed as they went until the opportunity came and their circumstances got them ready to hold what God gave them. Amen? Praise God. Please stand to your feet. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. I know there's a more teaching, somber message. But if you take anything away, know that God's got a plan for you. His timing isn't always our timing. Hang in there. Plug into the source. Prepare yourself. Get ready. Be in your word. Be in your prayer closet. And when the time comes, he'll, in due season, he's going to put you where you need to be. Believe that. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for keeping us safe, keeping us warm. I pray, Father God, that you bless your people. Develop their skills, talents, and abilities. Develop them. Put them a, a, a hunger and thirst in their life for excellence, for your word, for prayer time. Stir them up. I pray that you bless them in their finances, in their relationships. I pray that you give them guidance and direction in their work, in their school, in their relationships. Keep them safe as they leave this place. Bring them back safely at the next appointed time. I ask and pray, Father God. Mm -hmm.